The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. 72 Dolphins can pop the champagne as the Washington Commanders, now the 500 Washington Commanders, defeated the last undefeated team in the NFL, 32-21 over the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday night. To break it down, Ryan Wilson and John Breach joining me. Hello, fellas. Hey, Breach, what do you think about the idea that uh, Tressway didn't have his first punt until late into the second half? I think that means the commander's offense is unstoppable. I'm just more disappointed in us not bringing our own champagne to pop along with the Dolphins. That would have been fitting. Champipple, as Fred Sanford used to call did, it. Except for Billy. He's not old enough to drink. And also, Ryan, did the fun. Washington Commanders, I mean, look, it's a big deal. Like, you make, you make it to week 10 with as an undefeated team. Like, that's a, that's a long time. You know, you, you at least, you had the discussion, Not maybe not eternally, but you had the discussion, Is can this team run the table? Uh, you know, th- there's a, a weird pretzel segment on the Monday Night Football pregame show where they uh, pulled pr- Philly pretzels out of a bag and it was like they were in the the, the logos of the team that they thought would take down the Eagles. Um, and Alex Smith actually called Washington. So good for him. He was right. Did Washington, did the commandos provide a blueprint for teams to take down the Eagles, Wilson? Well, I mean, I, I was thinking about this during the game. Did the Packers provide a blueprint for how to beat the the Cowboys. I think it's just one of these one-off games. And it's one of those games you sort of talk about what does it really mean? At the end of the day, I don't think it means anything. It's just a game that you lost and in some ways, and maybe this is just trying to make yourself feel good after the fact. I think it's just a, a case of getting it out of the way and then getting on with the rest of your season because truth or, you know, whether you want to be truthful or not, I think the pressure builds on a team, especially a young team, as you continue to pile these wins without a loss. And then, you know, you, you show up in the playoffs and crap your pants as an undefeated team. Now just get this loss out of the way. It's a division game. I don't think we'll look back on it and say, oh, this is where the season turned for the Eagles. Uh, I just check real quick. Breach, do you remember two seasons ago how many games in the row the Steelers won to win the season? Uh, no, but I remember they lost to the Commanders and they were 11-0. They were 11-0 and oh, lost God, to the Commanders in Week 13, and then they lost their first-round game. They got absolutely the doors blown off by Baker Mayfield and the Browns. So the, the yeah, point of the story like, is... It was probably the worst 11-0 team of all time. The point of the story is that I don't think that the Washington football team beating an undefeated team really tells you much, and this Eagles team is roughly 45 million times better than that Steelers team, which lucked into, uh, I would say, 10 and a half of those 11 wins. Breach. Blueprint or no blueprint? I am kind of mixed here because on one hand, I don't think it's a blueprint because you cannot uh, go into a game thinking the Eagles are going to turn the ball over three times when they've only turned the ball over three times in the first nine weeks. So that is kind of a luck thing, especially when you talk about fumbles. 
you know, we'll get into one of those fumbles that probably should not have counted because it should have been penalized and called back. But anyway, so that part you can't count on. But if I wanted to beat the Eagles, I would think I need to control the ball. I need to be able to run the ball. And I want to win the time of possession by a lot. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the graphic where Washington had the ball for more than 40 minutes in this game. So that is a long time. They're only the fourth team in the NFL this year that has had a time possession of more than 40 minutes. And the thing is, if you have it more than 40 minutes, that means the Eagles have it less than 20 minutes. And if you don't, I don't love being good at math. That's the least so, confident basic math I've ever heard in my yeah, life. Took a, well, took I was going to do the math because the, the exact game. number is 40, 24, and I, I, I <laughs> slipped real quick doing the quick math of 1936. You got it. Make I know you want if, to. If the Eagles are only on the field for 19 minutes and 36 seconds, that, that's a good way to beat them. So, But can other teams replicate that? I am not sure. I'm looking at the Eagles' schedule. Maybe the Titans could. Uh, but there aren't a lot of teams that can replicate what Washington just did. Well, I think did, the so. other thing, Breach, is that you have to factor in the 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 fluky turnovers, and that's sort of hard to replicate as well. Yeah, that's what I started with. I said that you can't guarantee the turnovers. So that's why the blueprint, that would be my argument against this being a blueprint. But if you play great defense and uh, can run the ball and control the clock, you at least have a fighting chance against them. Well, and this is the first time all year that the Eagles have lost the turnover battle. I believe, which is, you know, that's... It um, had to be. They only had three turnovers coming into this game, and they had three. Yeah, they were at plus 18, I think, coming into uh, week 10. So, yeah, I mean, that's a... that's a They never trailed at halftime this year until this game. The crazy part is, it didn't look like there was any way they were going to lose the turnover battle because they forced a fumble in the first two mm. minutes of the game. Yeah. yeah. Game filled over right then, and then guess what? Taylor Heineke said, I got some Jordans I need to buy, so I got to get get with it. Um, uh, Kelly Green Jordans would be dope. Third down conversions, 12 of 21. And I think at one point they were like 12 of, uh, like, I want to say they were like 12 of 17 because they had a couple late that they, you know, run, run, run and try to just, you know, burn some clock. 57% conversions on, on uh, third down will, will help you all the time, help you all the time. Uh, converted their only fourth down, two or three in the red zone, 330 yards to 264 for the Eagles. Eagles only had, I mean, 18 first downs, eight third down attempts, like, as you point out, Breach, you know, if you only have the ball for 19 minutes and 36 seconds, it is difficult. You have to be really efficient with the possessions that you have. Yeah, that and the Eagles weren't. I mean, this was, you know, I haven't watched all four quarters of every single Eagles game. This definitely felt like the sloppiest they played. Uh, and, you know, the interception that could have gone. It, it was in AJ Brown's hands and the, the defender made a good play. Uh, but again, there were two defensive backs back there. So you had a guy, you're throwing it to a guy who was double covered way down the field. And so that's something that can happen. It's a risk you take when you make that throw. Uh, Are you trying to blame Jalen for that throw? No, I'm saying, uh, but with the turnovers, I'm saying that these are things that you cannot count on because they were, you know, there's, there's an element of luck to turnovers. What was the other turnover? We know about the get at Dallas Goddard. What was the other turnover? Um, oh, the throw by Quez Watkins. Jeez, oh, pizza. That was the worst one. Even the one that, that was illegal and that the refs couldn't call it because you can't call face masks. That Quez Watkins was the worst one. And it's the worst one for me because nothing grind, what's it, grinds my gears. Is that what they say on uh, whatchamacallit? Family guy, yep. Yeah, nothing grinds my gears more than runners who somehow forget that there are players behind them trying to steal the ball from them. Quez Watkins makes a great ca- catch, pops up around the, the plus 25-yard line, and then just figures there's everyone else is just sitting down watching him go into the end zone and, and uh, gets the ball knocked out. That kind of stuff drives me absolutely crazy. I mean, you just ruin a great play by just not being aware. And those, you know, those sort of things feel like they don't happen with typically with Bill Belichick coach teams. <laughs> Maybe this year is different. Maybe Matt Patricia coaches them differently, but it's just one of those things that the little things that just doesn't happen with good football teams. And that's not to say the Eagles aren't good, but that's just sort of a, a mental mistake that, that could actually that could end up winning that football game for him. By the way, that's the uh, first uh, that interception, which, I mean, it was a great, I mean, like it's in, it's in A.J. Brown's hands and the, the defender makes a great play on it. Um, that is his first, that was his first interception in 71 targets headed towards A.J. Brown. Which is pretty impressive. I mean, that you know, speaks in, in, like as we point out, didn't have to be an interception. And then the two fumbles, you know, Quez Watkins, you, you can't fumble that. Just hold on to the damn ball. 
and Dallas Goddard's fumble was simply a missed play by the referees. I mean, nothing more, nothing less, really. Like, that's... Here's the thing. If you send that to New York or whatever, wherever they sent it, they could have sent it to the Mars for all we know. And Mars comes back and says, look, just call the face mask. No one cares. I don't care. No one's going to say, no, that wasn't a face mask. I, even Ron Rivera might be like, you know what? That was the right call. And um, what's, I, I can't, I can never remember John's last name. John Perry. John Perry actually pointed out, we've been trying for years to get this chain. Like what's the, like why would owners in, in a, or at the, the competition committee, why would anyone in the competition committee be like, you know what, let's keep it the way it is. Cause this is such an, you know, imbecilic rule. There's no reason to change it. Yeah. I, I tend to think that on a play where, whether it's a, I don't, I mean, a turnover play, like a play in which the ball, you know, swaps possession. If there's a, like a face mask or, but then it, it gets tricky too. Cause then like, can you, can you add in like, a, you know, a block in the back or, you know, like an obvious hole, you can't, you know, like, don't get me wrong. Like I think the face mask I, is an easy. No, I, I get that. I get it. But I like, think, what do you draw the line? Are, are, are you going to review the entire play for every possible penalty? Well, here's the um, thing. I'll say this. I get, I get that. And I, I think perhaps on some level we're overthinking it, you know, soccer has VAR where they go to the sidelines and look at the same replay. But here's the thing. Like if you score a goal and someone's offsides prior to that scoring the goal, then it doesn't happen. If there's a foul before that, before the offsides that affects the play, then the goal doesn't happen. I, it's not impossible. I mean, if it's illegal, it's illegal. And I think it, if it gets the call right, which is what we always come back to. Yeah. Go back as far as you need to go back. I don't know why that's so what if there were two penalties on the same play prior to the penalty that actually was the one we're interested in. Why does that matter? Why does what matter? Why, if there were infractions prior to the infractions that we're concerned with, why does that matter? Like if you're reviewing an entire play? Yeah. Who cares if you get the call right? That's my point. Yeah, I mean, but then you're just opening yourself up. So then are you only reviewing turnovers? You're only reviewing touchdowns? Or should you be reviewing yeah. if there's a 67-yard game that could change the whole complexion of, of the game? one doesn't score do you review that like if a oh, coach yeah. thinks he sees a hold on the sideline on, on a, a on a i think turnovers and touchdowns is a great place to start we did this whole you know song and dance with, well here's the other thing let's keep it the way it is and just quit complaining about it i mean there has to be a middle ground i, I mean my, so on the goddard thing specifically like he doesn't fumble that if his head isn't yanked violently to the side in my opinion like, I, I think, and I think, that's the other thing. So, listen, if he fumbles and then gets a face mask, that's a different conversation. And that's something you have to work out. And it, to, to make the case that it's, and this is not you, Brent, but in general, that it's too complicated to go down this road, the freaking NFL rule book is like a thousand pages. We can, yeah. we can add five more pages. Hey, look, you won't get any complaints from me about trying to get the call right. Again, like this is, and you know, you, you don't want to review. I don't think like holding can't didn't something you really want to try to review because that's pretty nebulous. No, we're not going. No one's talking about yeah. breaches. But, like, but I mean, like a face a face mask, missed face mask. Like there's a there's an official standing on the sideline, and I tweeted this out the, the shot of it because you can see it on the the, the re, you know just the initial play, and he is has an um uh, uh, like there's nothing blocking his view an unobstructed he has an unobstructed view of Dallas Goddard being tackled to the ground. He saw the ball come out. He's, he didn't blow his whistle. That's why Jamin Davis is able to run the other way. He threw a little beanie on the ground. So, like, he's watching the whole thing. It's hard to fathom how he misses the face mask while watching this play go down. I mean, and, and if, if, if he can't see that, if we can't have officials who can catch that kind of stuff in real time, then we either need more officials. You need to dial back replay. You could crank up replay. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you have to go. It's, it's just it's in this middle ground right now where it doesn't answer enough questions it doesn't solve enough problems and like brian jay says uh the sky ref like they should be able to say hey listen because they they popped in and said hey that way you know he was he was down by he was down by contact and yes his face was violently ripped to the side we actually can't do anything about that like you could do something about it. Make it make you can make it reviewable you have the power to change that stuff and i realize the owners don't want to you know they don't want to open it up to more things, but it's just, it's just where we are right now with the replay system and the way the NFL handles it is not, it's not working in a fair manner, in my opinion. Yeah. Maybe we just have to live with it. 
people. Well, and I think that if you are going to review, though, it's got to be something where you're and we talked about this a little, I think, last night where it's got to be you can review objective calls, but not subjective calls. Correct. Where pass interference went down the toilet because it's just it's a subjective thing and a ref says it's pass interference and you challenge it. He's not going to overturn his own opinion. Like, this just doesn't make sense. <laughs> and if you just brush someone, you know, they're going to stick with the call in the field, which is what they did most of the time during uh, that one year where you could challenge pass interference, but right. face masking uh, or false start or delay a game. And this is, you know, Wilson's like your biggest pet peeve is that there's not just like a buzzer when the clock hits zero mm. on delay a game. And that's another one. So th- there are definitely penalties that you should be able to go back that are easy, that are non-controversial, that it's clear to everyone that the somebody, the offending party should be penalized. For instance, I mean, let's just, let's just use face masking, face masks as an example. Don't make it. It's not challengeable. It's simply New York. And Lord knows they won't be able to handle it if there's more than one game on TV, but that's beside the point. Get an extra phone line. I mean, you can, you can hire like an extra, like couple co- extra college interns to watch the game in New York for you. But the point being is with face masking, have someone in New York available watching, watching the game. They see a face mask. They buzz in and they say, hey, there's a face mask on that play. It was a clear and obvious. It should have been a 15-yard penalty. Go back, blow the play dead, give them 15 yards. Let's move on. And you, you see how quickly they do these. And like, um, you know, people argue, oh, well, I don't want to do, we don't want more replay, slows the game down, blah, 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 blah. They, they, this expedited replay they do where they buzz in and say, hold on. Because they do that with incomplete passes all the time. A pass will be, it'll be like ruled a catch and then, not in Buffalo, but yes. Right, but, but, it's, but then you'll hear the, the official come up and say, after further discussion, which just means that, that the NFL has buzzed into the ear and said that play was incomplete. So they're changing calls on the field frequently, but not consistently. No, and that's been a recurring. Mask, you, could, you could easily do that with face masks. That would not be difficult to implement. In theory, in reality, everything is difficult when it comes to getting the officials on the same page. What about the, the kneel down? that uh, Billy had to tweet up early from Mike Prayer and people were asking about it in the comments and full disclosure, neither Billy nor Bill uh, R E will had any idea that people could give themselves up in the middle of the field. No, we, no, no. no. I, okay. A couple of things on this. I thought it was a really, really soft way to end the game. I think, I think it's, I think it's, I think it sucks that and I, I, I agree. The, the rule is the rule that, you know, you can be you can get hit in the head of you know hit the head or neck area as a defenseless player and a late hit, whatever you want to call it, and it's a 15-yard penalty. But to have a game, a divisional game in like that, where Taylor Heineke takes a knee, so, so you're saying as soon as he takes a knee, the play's over. Yes. As soon as he gives himself up, the play is over. Now, and so, like, I I agree with you, Brinson. The principle of of the game ending on that play, where it's not like the Eagles defender slammed it in Heineke and tried to knock him unconscious. Uh, <laughs> you know, he tried to slow himself down. Right. But this Randy one, Graham. this this isn't the face mask where we are all in universal agreement that the refs botched that. The Eagles should have gotten the, the ball. The refs, got, the refs got the the technical aspect of the play correct. Like it, but now you say you you like people give themselves up on their knee all the time in the middle of the field. I, I don't feel like we no, no one. I we didn't say all the time. We said it, it happens all the time. No, I didn't. Happened I before. said I said it happens at the end of games and the end of halves. The players no, usually that's receivers that's from under center. That is completely no, 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 no. Brinson, listen to me. If a receiver catches a fifteen yard in route, he will give himself up, go down on the knee, give the ball to the official so they can run the play quicker. It happens frequently, but not every slide, single game. Slide, but not take a knee, right? Okay. Whatever. Yes, you're right. They take knees. It's it's not complicated. But taking a knee is the same thing as falling down. We I, saw I it. Seen it. It, it. But it looked like Heineke fell down. It didn't look like at first like he was like, oh, he slipped. And then you're like, oh, he actually took a knee. I understand what you're saying. Like we've seen Saquon dive at like the one to avoid scoring. Or take a knee. Yes. <laughs> okay. I, mean, I don't know why you can't wrap your, around the, your brain around the idea of someone taking a knee in the middle of the field. It happens. Okay. Right. You don't have any example of it, but that's fine. Um, well, I mean, the I think Diami Brown essentially did that at the end of the half. He caught he caught a pass and he went down so they could kick a field goal and spike it. So they spike it and kick the field goal. And he didn't take a knee, but it's the same principle because you it's 
giving yourself up so the play. I, I understand. That. I understand. But what I'm saying is like, I guess my bigger point is that when you t- the knee part, it looks like visually, probably from a def- it looks weird visually on the game itself, and as a defender, it probably looked a little weird too. Like I, I think that um, uh, who was the who was the edge rusher coming? To, it was uh Brandon Graham and Brandon Graham got called for the foul. He was like pulling up and he hit him with his hands too, and so I, I think. It didn't. Like, he didn't come in late and just blast him. Um, so I don't. I mean, look, I, smart play by Heineke, who, by the way, got up and started celebrating. Like, I mean, and he knew the flag was coming. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like he could have been flagged for excessive celebration. I mean, so like, Patrick Seeley asked in the comments: "Runners have to be touched or out of bounds?" Question mark. No, if they go down and they give themselves up, yeah, um, and that's taking a knee or diving or whatever in the middle of the field, making it clear that they're no longer part of the play that the play's over doesn't necessarily mean you're going to stop the clock if you're in the middle of the field, but you, you, if you belly flop on them, they're going to, they're going to call a penalty or unfortunately in Brandon Graham's face, if you, uh, in case, if you hit Taylor Heineke, you know, if you touch him in the helmet, they're going to throw a flag on it as well. Yeah. No, giving yourself up. Yes. Happens all the time. I just don't, I just don't remember anybody taking a knee out of the context of like, you know, taking a knee like to, you know, from under center. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I hear you, but I'm I'm telling you that it happens. Okay. I know, I know again, but you, you don't have a single example of somebody taking a knee in the middle of the field. But why would I have an example of someone taking a knee in week four uh, of a meaningless 1 p.m. You game? Say it I, happens all the time. I'm not talking about I didn't say it happens all the time. I said it happens at the end of first halves and second halves. when it happens. I never once said it happened all the time. You said it happened frequently and then made fun of me and Billy for not remembering it, but you don't have a single example. Just, just saying. All right, moving on. Weird flex, but, but go on. It's not a weird flex. It's just wondering why you don't have a single example. Something you say happens all the time. Okay, wait. You know what? Here's one right here is Patrick Peterson picking off Josh Allen to end the game, running five yards out, falling down. Game when over. Did that no ha- when touched. did that happen, Breach? That was actually just yesterday. Get out of town. Are you kidding? Oh, that's right. Brinson he wasn't on his football butt, yesterday. It wasn't basically. He didn't take a knee. Again, still not but a it's knee. The same. The same principle. I did. He didn't say he was going to take any. Like these stupid semantics. I'm just saying that the way that Heineke did it, it looked weird, like something you don't usually see in the middle of game action. I don't know what you want. I don't know what you want to happen here. I mean, Breach just gave you an example. Like, what? What do you want to happen? He he didn't give an example. You want us to right? So, like, but what is the like? I don't understand what your what I what I'm saying. The knee thing, I think, looked really weird. Look, he said, get down. That's not taking a knee. It the knee thing looked really weird, I think, to um to the defenders. And that's why they were still trying to get Heineke instead of like if he just laid down on his butt, they probably would have pulled up and not touched him. <laughs> I mean, he did a pop-up slide, so if you hit him, I mean, I don't know how that I mean that feels like the exact same thing Heineke did in terms of letting giving himself up. Like no one went to, why didn't anyone go hit him? Because he because they were what, what? Why would they come hit him? He's he's he slid down, he gave himself up, and he walks away. Like that's that's a normal course of giving yourself up. The Heineke, don't do you guys not agree that the way Heineke took the knee and sort of like how it happened in the context of the game felt like a, a felt like an odd way for that play to end, right? No, it wasn't weird. He rolled out. They were going to throw the ball. He took the knee. When he went down to take the knee, I thought he was giving himself up. I also thought Brandon Graham was well within his rights to touch him, but he hit his helmet, which is what uh, the rules official said on ESPN, and that's how the game ended. I mean, that that was pretty much it. I don't think there's anything more nefarious or con, conspiracy related than that. Here's Maurice Jones-Drew kneeling at the one-yard line. There right? you, you go. see, you got breach on the case. Now you, you If I'm a found one from 19, 1934 where MJD took a knee on the one-yard line. I, re- I remember that play, too. That was a big one. We wrote a story about it. Oh, you, so you do remember yeah. a player yeah. kneeling down in the middle of the Just field. Just the weirdest, weirdest takes. I don't understand why he's, this is the hill he's dying on. Such a small hill, a friendly hill. <laughs> so here's the thing, though, is that Taylor Heineke made a smart play. Yeah. And like, I get the Eagles fans would be upset about what happened because it's look, hey, look, he kneeled down. Our defender was trying MJ, to slow up. MJD, if you watch it, he like ripped his le- like knees apart trying to take that take that knee. It was like an awkward slide. Anyway, it was a smart play by Heineke. Brinson, how much mind you was betting on the Eagles? Is that the well, deal? I didn't bet on the Eagles. <laughs> I, I just, I thought, I thought, I didn't like, I don't like a game ending that way. I felt like the referees once again made it the was game, anticlimactic. Like I, I do agree with that. Yeah, it, it felt like the referees with the, with the way that the final, like just the flags that were being thrown and the and the and the, the missed calls, it felt like once again the NFL has an island game where the the, the referees are exposed as a problematic issue 
because they cannot figure out how to properly educate a lot of the rules, adjudicate a lot of the rules. Sorry. Let's Billy, take a you're the, uh, you want to take a, let's take a break and we'll talk to Billy about his thoughts as the Eagles fan. Oh, sure. That's good. All right. Next. Robert half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Talk to Billy. Billy, you're the Eagles fan. At what point were you finally convinced that the Eagles are going to lose this game and dash all your hopes and dreams of a per- perfect season? Um, uh, I think when Quez fumbled that ball, I was like, yeah. How angry are you when he did that? <laughs> I was like, like, how? Like, I think if like that play happens 10 times, he fumbles it once maybe and like that's just the craziest part but i mean at the same time i don't think the eagles really deserve to win this game uh the you know the commanders controlled the line of scrimmage the whole game eagles could do nothing about it uh they converted every first down in the first half it felt like um i mean is jordan davis that big of a miss to where you know we should be getting you know it looked like it taken advantage of that much on the uh you know on the defensive line i don't think so but it didn't you know it, it was still just disappointing to watch as a whole um you know aj brown that fluky interception you know it popping out of his hands i it just wasn't our night tonight i don't know what was going on but it just it just wasn't our night how do you feel about the team wait before you answer that I- let me ask you this billy what did you think the final score was going to be when they strip sacked Heineke in the first two minutes, <laughs> scored a touchdown three plays later, and it was seven nothing with twelve minutes left in the first quarter. I honestly thought it was going to be a blowout for sure. <laughs> like like forty to forty to twelve blowout. Yeah, it was probably going to be like thirty two to seven or fourteen. I think most people like thought that. that. But yeah. I mean, I mean, you got to hand it to the Commanders, man. Like they came out here, they ran the ball very well. I think the key for the commanders was they were always within third and five. And when you're, uh, you know, when you're able to be third and five as an offense, it opens up the whole playbook and it allows you to run any play and it keeps the defense off kilter. And because of that, the the Eagles defense was off kilter and they were able to have some success. They also, as Breach noted, had had 81 offensive plays. And uh, Eagles are probably gassed at the end there, especially when you don't have the rotation that includes Jordan Davis. I don't know if anyone else was out along the defensive line, but that's sort of their bread and butter. They can just run those guys in and out of there. I mean, Josh Sweat getting hurt, you know, in that first or second, uh, I don't know, I think it was the uh, second quarter he got hurt. That doesn't help anything. I think he really just got like a bruised thigh <laughs> there. Um, I mean, he's the one who got the strip sack to start the game off. And then that's a pass rusher already gone. You already lost Derek Barnett. Uh you know, Quinn, you know, he's still kind of getting, you know, mixed in there. Uh, Robert Quinn is still getting mixed in there, trying to learn the defense. <laughs> they, they, they got a lot of they got a lot of learning to do from this game. I think Jonathan Gannon has to get better play calling in the first half. I, I just don't like like, you know, we have two star corners on the on the back end and just having them off seven to eight yards when they can play press man and you have a pass rush, I just don't understand the ideology behind that. Like you can still run your two, your cover two show and just allow them to play press man and force Taylor Heineke to make miraculous throws. I just don't understand his thought process behind that. It's not that hard, but he continues to want to play off and so scared of these big plays and it kind of bit him tonight. Yeah. Terry McLaurin was eight for one twenty eight, but he was the only one that did any damage. I mean, Curtis Samuel 
felt like he had more than two for 28. Do you have some rushing yards? Where? Oh, he only had four for 12. It felt like he was, he made some plays too. And the Diami had the one catch that Breach mentioned uh, before halftime. Um, but for 81 plays, a lot of it was Brian Robinson. Again, incredible story. Antonio Gibson played well. He got banged up and came back. Yeah, I think it's just one of those one-off games. I don't take take anything away from this. I don't know if you guys yeah. feel differently. I, I don't think it was the worst thing that the Eagles lost either. If you're Philly, because if you're undefeated, you just have that target on your back every right. single week, getting everybody's best shot. And so I feel like this <laughs> kind of, this takes a little bit of pressure off. You don't have to worry about 17 0. You don't have to think about it anymore. You're not going to be asked about it. It is just back to business. Go back, go 15 and 2, 16 and 1, and win the NFCs. What about uh, Taylor Heineke? Where you at on him? Who Taylor Heineke? He played well. I mean, except for the strip sack, it, he was pretty impressive in the sense that, you know, he's not Patrick Mahomes out there. He's not Josh Allen out there, but he made the big throws when Washington needed big throws. And that's a big reason why they were able to convert so many third downs and why they uh, had the ball for 40 minutes. I mean, he, he came up clutch when he had to. Except I don't for, see you can consider going back to Carson Wentz. Oh, I agree with that. Where did you bet the uh, – was this a revenge game bet for you because of Carson Wentz in prison? Uh, no. Well, I don't know if that counted if you're on no, the side. No, no, no. I, I, it was discussed, bandied about. But if you're he field adjacent. Carson Wentz already had his opportunity to get his revenge, and he failed miserably. So. Um, so here's the other thing I was thinking about. So yesterday, <laughs> a mere 24 hours ago, I was like, there's no way any of these teams that are 8, 9, and 10 in the NFC have a chance to make in the playoffs. The Packers have since won to beat the Cowboys, and obviously Washington just beat the Eagles. Anyone willing to move off of that? Any of these teams? I know, Breach, you've said that if the Packers win their next two games, you will certainly revisit it. Anyone willing to move off that now ahead of Week 11? Ooh, commanders are five wins. They seem like the biggest threat. They're half a game know, out of seven. They don't have to go six and one like the Packers do <laughs> to get You're ten talk wins. Good at this. I mean, what if all you, four AFC East teams and all four NFC East teams make the playoffs? That would be so weird. That would be bonkers. But you look at the commander schedule. They have the Texans next, and they play the Falcons, and then their Chase season's on the line. Next week. Two straight games against the Giants. Who comes back next week? Chase Young comes back next week. So. Uh, yeah, you have Chase Young mm-hmm. coming back. So. I, I wouldn't count the commanders out and they still that? play the 49ers who are the team that's a half game above them for the seventh seed. You wouldn't count them out. What does that mean? Percentage wise that they make would... the playoffs. <laughs> 25. All right. I don't hate that. I was thinking around there. Okay. What about the Packers? I mean, five and five now. Five. I was going to, uh, this is scary. I was going to say I stole the wins over Wilson formula mm-hmm. and made it my own. <laughs> yeah. I don't hate that. It's called births over breach. <laughs> Playoff births. Playoff births. Yeah, right. After births over breach is what it's called. <laughs> oh my God. That... Listen, I mean, uh, Brinson, you got something to say? You look like you're uh, holding your tongue over there, man. No, 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 no. I was like, going back. I was laughing because I was watching. I was, I just want to go. I went back to see the, the Heineken kneel down. He's obsessed. <laughs> no, I saw. No, I was. I, I. I was. I was not looking for it. I. I saw a clip there, but it's like. So the ref, like it's funny. Like Heineke has before. If you listen to it, I just listened to it. It's like before, like like he's turned around and he's begging for a flag before they've even like actually whistled the play dead. And then the ref w- pulls a flag. He throws it so high. Heineke, like by before, like. It, he's pulling it out and Heineke starts standing up. Heineke gets up and is like doing the chopping motion before the flag has landed on the ground. It's kind of fun. It's funny to watch. That's all I'm saying. And I didn't uh, say that I never saw that before either. Like, Oh yeah. What'd you I say? Didn't, I didn't mean to, not, I didn't mean to tell what, lies on you. What said. What'd you say? What I, I just said, I've never seen that type of situation where like the quarterback rolled out and. Oh, okay. All right. I missed like I, I down like that. Like, that was, it was just a weird. It was just a weird. Just, sequence. Well, th- thanks for jumping in now, Billy. I mean, you can put like dog pile with these two other this the knee thing. <laughs> you think that's you? You said something what, completely you? differently. Prince dog pile. You like you leap on everybody. You said oh, something okay. completely different than what Billy. <laughs> what did you think I said? No, no. In terms of the oh, kneel down, no, I, I was just saying the like. And again, we don't need to get back onto it. I was just saying that the knee, like, like it, you would. 
I, if he had like slid and like gone down on his butt, I, like I would be like, oh, that's you know. But it's like just the actual knee itself, right there, is just something you don't see as frequently. Hey, um, Billy, will you put this in, in on the screen that I, I just put in there from Slack from our buddy Andrew Perloff, who uh, does the the Perloff and Maggie? Um, oh my god, radio show. He's a huge Ooh. Eagles fan, and this is actually pretty funny. That's that's pretty good. <laughs> Hit the button, Billy. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to press the button as well. Well, I mean, that's the other thing too. Is that like that, that? Okay, that's sort of what I was saying. Is that the when you see somebody slide on their butt, it's like very obvious that they've you know they're they're saying like I'm I'm out. So this thing from Perloff, if you watch on YouTube, is he he again Eagles fan? He's he's kidding, but he says Quez Watkins was kneeling and giving himself up before the Commanders hit him uh, and caused the fumble. Should have been a flag, which is pretty funny because right there, I mean, if you pause it, like the screenshot Warriors like to do for you know X's and O stuff, he is kneeling, but he was hopping his ass back up to go run right before he got punched out. Um, so that, that's sort of funny. Well, but, not sure I, was, I was praying that the, the, the refs when when I when Heineke took the knee, they did not blow the play dead. Like okay. they did not immediately blow the play. That's what I'm saying. Like the act, the the way that it went down, just the act of that knee versus the slide itself. If they, if he'd slid or if he just flopped on the ground, I think they would have immediately blown it dead. But the way that it went down, they did not blow it dead right away, which is a little odd. And the way Brandon, I mean, th- I think Brandon Graham was on that the far side of that play, so I don't even think he saw you know I, I, what what Heineke was doing. I think he just I, thought I, I like Heineke was coming in later down. on the second part. Of I mean, this. I'm just telling. I mean, this is when you brought me on. I. <laughs> <laughs> I can only do I can only do so much. <laughs> anyway, um, yes, yeah, so I, I think Heineke should say be the starter. You know, the, if you follow the money, obviously Wentz would be the guy. I mean, when you got a team that's like starting to win games and play with a little more energy and sort of embody like the type of like Heineke's a who called him Fitz Magic two point oh. Uh, Eric K. The oh, okay. huge commanders fan who was quite happy with the outcome, but it, it, like he does, he has like he has, he's got like this. He's has. I mean, he's I, a I gunslinger. Know, yeah, gunslinger. Like he, what's a, what's a word that um, a middle aged man could use instead of swagger? Because nobody wants to hear me use swagger. But he has like a little bit of it, right? Like he likes it. Like he's like he's got. He's I mean, got like, charisma. He's got Sashay. grit. Grit. He's got grit. Charisma. Yes. Panache. But I mean, you know, he's like, he's out there, like, you know, he's bopping around. He said this is the biggest win of his career. Um, you I, just I have to be willing to accept the Fitz, ma- the Fitz tragic part of the Fitz magic right. package. But like, even if, I mean, Carson Wentz has all, has all those aspects of him too, right? Like, you know, that you get the, you can get the good with Carson Wentz and you can get the real bad. So why I don't not think Carson Wentz's the- ceiling is as high as Heineke's? And I said that back right? in the summer. Yeah. And I get, I think the lesson here is a lesson we'll be talking about next year this time as well. Teams want to upgrade the quarterback position and they get desperate, whether it's through the draft or signing someone or trading for someone. And you end up with like a Matt Ryan situation or to a worse degree, a Carson Wentz situation where now you're stuck. You paid this dude some money and you're like, okay, now what do we do? And you don't want to look like a, a fool. So you stick with it and to your detriment. Uh, unfortunately for Carson Wentz, he got hurt. Fortunate for. Taylor Heineke, he was able to come off the bench and do what most of us thought he was going to do, make some crazy passes, both good and bad, and and give the uh, commanders a chance to be in these football games. And they just they just happened to win. You know, this wasn't the most improbable win of the season, but it was a huge win for him for sure. I mean, can I pose a question? I just feel sure. like, you know. Sure you can, Billy. We got we to gotta hash this out. So, I mean, both the Bills and the Eagles had bad losses this week. But, like, mm. who do you guys trust more? Like, who is the better I, team? I, I, I got a take on this, actually. Uh, <laughs> no, please, I, I please don't let it involve me. And I want to hear it otherwise. I was talking I, to Darren Smith on the radio today, and he was like, ask me, like, who I trust in terms of NFL teams. And I and this, I, this is what I've decided. I believe in the Bills. I believe in the Eagles. I believe in the Vikings. The only team in the NFL, I, tr- I believe in the Dolphins. The only team in the NFL I trust is the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, of the two teams that Billy mentioned, which team do you trust more? <laughs> I just neither of them. I don't trust either of them. Well, you have to pick one. No, I don't. You have to pick one. All right, Breach. Breach of the of the Bills and the Eagles, based on the way they played their last games, which team do you feel better moving forward with? Am I picking knowing that Josh Allen's hundred percent healthy? Oh, you know, yeah, the answer is the Eagles. Oh, my God. Or do know. I know what I know about Josh Allen that he might be injured? If you, all you know, you know is what, what you know, know right now. You don't. I don't trust Josh Allen's elbows. I'm taking the Eagles, right? Dreams if I don't trust, sick, man, 
if I don't trust Josh Allen's elbow, then I'm taking the Eagles. Okay, let me ask you this. Let's say Josh Allen is 98% for the rest of the season. But again, he has not looked good the last two, two and a half games. You're still going to buy you. in on Josh Allen, you think? Because Jalen Hurts actually wasn't the issue in this game. He actually looked fine. There was no Hello. real... Which is the thing, right? That was the talking point in August. Okay, this team will go as far as Jalen Hurts. Is he going to turn the corner? Well, he turned the corner and then and lapped it a few times. And I don't want to say that Josh Allen has regressed because he hasn't, but he's shown some wild tendencies that got him in trouble two years ago. And I don't know if it's all elbow related because it happened before it happened in the Jets game early. It happened the week before that. I think I have to remember who they played, but it certainly happened frequently in that game on Sunday against Minnesota. So who are you going with? Yeah. Against the Packers. That's who they played the week before that. He made a couple crazy. Yeah. Throws. Okay. Thank you. Josh Allen has looked like somebody with who has an elbow or an elbow injury for the last ten quarters. I can't. You can't trust that. I would much. But he hasn't trust. had the elbow injury for the last ten quarters. It, it just looks like he hasn't played well for the last ten quarters. Something's okay. been off with him. Right. He's okay. had an elbow injury for some period of time over the last ten quarters, maybe less. Yeah, and, four quarters. He got hit in the the fourth, the, the end of the Jets game. That's when he hurt it. What do you mean? Yeah. It was well, the very last series of the Jets game where he hurt his his elbow. Okay. Well. But if you were saying, if I had to pick a Super Bowl winner tonight out of the Bills and the Eagles, then I'm taking the Bills. I feel like the Eagles have the easier path in the NFC just based on where we're sitting. No? I just need to see Billy's reaction. Oh, okay. You're just being too prideful. He's prideful. Breach is, I've never heard anyone call Breach prideful. (laughs) I love it. Look at him. What? He's so prideful. He's so prideful. You know Uh, in your deepest heart of hearts that you don't trust Josh Allen. You just like him. You can like Josh Allen. That's fine. I don't it's know fine. if he... you like him. Yeah, what, I can't... What, what, Breach, what do you like he about Josh Allen? He can't latch himself on to somebody else. He can't latch on to Joe Burrow this year. He's got to latch on to Oh, no. oh I can latch on to Joe Burrow. We didn't Breach. bring the Bengals up into the conversation. They weren't an option. <laughs> Breach, Breach, what is it you like about Josh Allen and Joe Burrow that you don't like about Jalen Hurts? Uh, I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were going to do that. I know, for real. (laughs) Well, Josh Allen's a more established quarterback. Joe Burrow's been to a Super Bowl, so... And Billy, you have to understand if the if Andy Dalton was in this conversation, he would take Andy Dalton too. So I mean, you have that to you have to consider the fair. source. No, I don't fair. think it's crazy. I, I, like the the Eagles, the Eagles have a easier path to get to the Super Bowl because the Chiefs aren't involved. They have a quarterback who we don't have issues with health. They have a more balanced roster overall. And you know, I, I do, but I do think like on the trust level, like we just don't we just don't. You have a you have a young you have a young coach and a young quarterback. Like I, I'm just saying, like I don't. The only team I trust is the Chiefs right now because I trust Andy Reid and I trust Patrick Mahomes. That's it. Like, well, you say probably, a young coach and a young quarterback, and I, I don't disagree with that. But remember when Sean McDermott was a young coach and he rolled Nathan Peterman out there? At least Nick Sirianni's like, you know what? Sirianni's is a great coach. I'm just saying that, like, you know, there are there are there are going to be moments that Sean McVay Nick Sirianni like, has not dealt with yet. Sean McVay would disagree with you based on the Super Bowl experience with Bill Belichick. Doing I'm what? supporting. I'm supporting your point. Oh, Calm right. down. <laughs> Look at the face. <laughs> Brinson sounds like Brinson sounds like you know somebody gave you a pirate map and told you if you turn right, there's the gold. But every single time he turns left, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> like, like, hey, well, like, welcome to the Pick Six Podcast, Billy. Like, <laughs> like you have every opportunity to go get the gold and go. The, point, the whole the point was you should trust. You know. And I'm telling you, I don't think that there's anybody in the NFL that I trust outside of the Chiefs right now. And I think that's that's my take. There's okay. a big difference between believe in and trust. Like I believe the Dolphins are a good team. I believe the Eagles can win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't trust anybody but the Chiefs. That's just where I'm at. I can respect that, though. I respect that. Who do you trust, Wilson? Other than the but NFL teams, right, yeah. And then NFC, I have no issue leaning in on the Eagles. And uh, the biggest takeaway for me from this game, you know, Jordan Davis is a concern, but it was that Jalen Hurts isn't the problem. And we said that all last season, and we said it all summer, like, okay, let's see what this team looks like. And Jalen Hurts balled out. So if you can have that consistency at quarterback, you can figure out all the other stuff. And I think like the play callers on both sides of the ball for the Eagles are. Or like two of the two of the best, Steichen and what's the uh, defense coordinator saying? Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan, Jonathan Gannon. Gannon. Those one guys, of those two guys is probably going to get a head coaching job this offseason. Those guys are legit, and, and I think you know Hopefully I win all the I win all the time about the Steelers and what they're doing with Matt Canada. There are no such concerns uh, about Philly, and that's a huge deal. In much the same way as Brinson notes that Andy Reid is is the uh, 
the OG. This that's not a bad consolation prize. What they have going on in Philadelphia, uh, obviously Kansas City. I mean, that's a layup. I don't trust Miami just because they're you know that's a new coach and. Uh, Breach and I were talking about this on HQ. What are they going to look like when they play in cold weather? Like, we don't know what that looks like. If, that, if that's just going to be a, a situation they're not used to. Uh, the Vikings, I mean, come on. But let's be real. I love that they're 8-1. and one. They're, they're a fun story, but no one trusts Kirby Cousins. In fact, I had some stats that I didn't get a chance to use on HQ, Breach. What do you think um, uh, Kirby Cousins' record is on Monday Night Football? Two, or, two in, in 12. Two and 10. Uh, and his only wins are against the Bears. I do know that. So he's, he's never three. he has never beaten a team that is not the Bears. He's three last night. He's three and five on what's that? No, I don't think so. He's three and five on, on Thursday night football. And what do you think his playoff record is? He's played four games. What is his playoff record? Oh and four? One and three. So uh, maybe this he, is the he, year. Yeah, he beat the Saints in that overtime game where he hit Rudolph in the in the end zone. For the That's best. exactly right. And maybe this is the year that he puts it all together, but there's reasons to be concerned. So, yeah, Philadelphia feels like a, a, a safe pick here. And I might even be like, you know what, the, the seventh-ranked giant, uh, the 49ers, excuse me, might be the second-best team in that division. And I'm not a huge uh, 49ers homer like Brinson is, but, I mean, who, who else is going to give him a hard time? So that's who I trust. So, Reece, so do you want to tell us who you trust outside of the Saints I mean, and the, the Bengals and the Broncos? Yeah, I, 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 full list, Wilson. The Chiefs, said, absolutely. Yeah, the Chiefs, and I said the Eagles, and I said even the 49ers in the in the NFC. They might be the second best but team. Do you, but do you trust the Eagles more than the Bills? Is what the yes, he just yeah. did not list the Bills and did list okay. the Eagles. So yes, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I just wanted a verbal confirmation. That's all. I just wanted yeah, a verbal for later. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> you got it. All right. Anyway, Breach, uh, the, but just before Breach answers, the pool reporter. Um, a poor, a poor reporter asked uh, about the, the rating grand penalty. He's like, the two players have asked about it. Uh, I didn't see, he didn't actually answer anything about the, the uh, got it thing, but he's like, on oh, the personal foul, what did the official see on the play? And what prompted that to be a penalty? That was my call. I ruled the quarterback had clearly given himself up. Therefore, he's down the defensive player. The contact by Philadelphia number 55 was only late, but also the head and neck area. So the penalty there was for the late hit and the and for a hit to the head or not one or the other. It is one and the same. The late hit was to the head and neck area, which just sounds, I don't know, whatever. Just sounds weird. I just don't. That was I, dumb. <laughs> Reach, who do you trust? Uh, I agree with you, Brenton. Somehow, some way, I think if I had to just, I think the Bills what are. What you guys are saying is that my take was is, is pretty spot on. Well, he agrees with you. It doesn't necessarily mean it's I right. The Bill, the Chiefs have the big game experience. You know, if you've been to the Super Bowl, uh, well, I the last... Chiefs as well. What are you saying that's different? No, I'm agreeing. He's saying, who do I trust? And I'm saying that's the one team oh, I see. that okay, you on. feel very confident they could end up in the Super Bowl. They don't really have any flaws. Mm. Uh, okay, they do have flaws. Okay. Every team has flaws. Every single team this year has flaws. They're, every team could lose. This is totally in any given Sunday year, and that's what makes <laughs> it so unpredictable. I mean, you look at last year, uh, after Week 10, the Bengals were five and four. They went to the Super Bowl. There is no reason a team cannot make that same run uh, in the NFC this year or again in the AFC just because everything's so wide open and every team is so close. There's not a huge gap between the five and four 49ers and the eight and one Eagles. So there's no reason to think that uh, really any team that is with their head above water right now can't just sneak in and end up going to the Super Bowl. So you're saying the the distance between the Chiefs and the rest of the AFC is larger than the distance between the Eagles and the rest of the NFC. Is that what you're saying, you think? Yes. I think the top seven teams in the NFC are pretty evenly matched. I could see any one of those teams coming out. But it's just in the AFC, it just feels like, you know, the the Ravens could beat the Chiefs. The Bills, any of these teams could beat the Chiefs. It's just that if you just trust Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes in a big spot. Right. I get that. I just wanted to get it on both sides of the conference. That's all. Yeah. I don't. I don't disagree with that. I mean, I think the Eagles. I I, I pick the Eagles to win the NFC. So I, I mean, I'm, I believe in the Eagles. I mean, and, and look, they have this one loss. I agree with you guys. I don't think this loss necessarily is not going to define their season. Throw it off the rails. I, it's probably a good thing. Um, I will say. Guys, I was going to say. I thought it was weird that Brett Preach didn't mention the Broncos as a team he trusts, but you know. Oh, it's Super Bowl. I trust, pick. I trust their defense. <laughs> best, best defense in the NFL, Wilson. Yeah, I trust that in your pipe. All right, that's enough. We got we got covered everything, right? Put that in your pipe and smoke it. He said, "Yeah." Uh, real quick. Aha! One more thing. <laughs> the Eagles were the 12th team since 2009 to start eight and zero. Only one of the previous 11 ended up winning the Super Bowl. 
Wasn't the 2020 Steelers. Was not the 2020 Steelers. Any right. other guesses? Since since 2000, what year? 2009. 2007, obviously, the, the Patriots went and lost as an undefeated team to the Giants. 2009, I have no idea. Uh, well, no, no. It was the year 2009, or you're saying that the since 2009, one team has won the Super Bowl? Oh, I know who it is. The 2009 New Orleans Saints. It is the 2009 oh, what they New start? Orleans Saints. They and Colts were both... Um, uh, they the Colts. I think both got to like eleven and zero. You know what the the thing about those halcyon days is that every year there'd be the Colts and you know the Saints and then the Patriots. We'd have to be talking in week thirteen about them being going to winning, going undefeated for the entire season, and what's his, and then do the the, the write the story about the seventy two Dolphins. I'm glad to live in a world where this is typically over by yeah. week four or five, and That's no one cared about the Eagles going undefeated throughout the whole thing, so we, no one had to talk about that well, at any point. Remember, like, the Cardinals were 8 nuts. it's like, but well, they're not just knocking around the tail. Yeah, no, so one, like, no, no one. No one. No need to worry about it. Have you yeah, seen who their coach is? Don't worry about it. Yeah. The, um, no, but the, um, was there something with the Colts that, did, did Tony Dungy give up a perfect season? There was something weird like that. I remember but Jeff. One of them, the Saints started 13-0, and and one of them said, we're going to rest our starters, and the other one said, no, we're going to try and win it. And I can't remember which one. So, oh no, the Colts started fourteen and zero, and then I believe rested their starters against the Jets. Yeah, they played, they played Peyton against the Jets. Sorry, but they pulled him out early, and then they rested everybody against the Bills. Hey, look a headline I just found: Jeff Saturday still mad the Colts didn't try for a perfect season in two thousand nine. <laughs> really? I need to ask about that. <laughs> Yeah, Carl, right. Carl, Tim Hall was a coach to say that he didn't want to do it. Billy said rap. Yeah. Well, we don't need to worry about it because no one is undefeated. The, the Eagles lost, and the 72 Dolphins can enjoy their old man champagne. That's it for the Monday Night Football recap. Week, week 10 in the books. Be back to, tomorrow, of course, every day for the rest of time. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. For Wilson, for Breach, I'm Brinson. See you guys later. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 